Hey, good morning, Jay. How are you? Good morning, Lee Felchin. If you're speaking to me, then you're on the air. I'm on the air right now. My God, I should, I should comb my hair. If <laughs> you should see what I'm wearing, you wouldn't say such a thing. <laughs> what, you're wearing something? Wow, that's, a, that's an improvement, improvement over me. Well, you there, feeling good today? Well, there you go. So far, so good. Do uh, the, the expression, <laughs> living the dream has become living the nightmare. Um, uh, you know, I, I, dude, we have to find a time to actually talk like people. Uh, because each time, it's, I feel bad for lawyers and doctors. Each time people talk to them, it's like, hi, something's wrong. <laughs> How are you I'm doing? I'm asking you what, what to do about their elbow. Um, yeah. I'm doing, I am doing well. I'm doing well, trying to remain positive, trying to be helpful. Some, uh, some, some family health challenges going on right now, but, uh, I'm hoping for the best. I heard, uh, is everything okay at this moment? Yes. Well, at this moment, yes. Okay. At this moment, yes, so. Thank you for asking about that. I appreciate it. Not a problem. And with your family? Uh, everyone's fine. I, ironically, my, my mother has, has dementia, so so she just thinks uh, no one's visiting her right now. So it's it's, it's uh, it works out great. That's hard, though, too. Yeah. Not, so I'm hopeful that we'll get, be able to visit our mothers soon. And I don't know if she's in a nursing home or not. That's where my mother is. Oh. Makes, makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. Yes. But onward and upward, right? Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so, so you're a wonderful man. You are. You are. Uh, you're taking your very valuable services and throwing it out there to the arts community in a time when a lot of them, I'm sure, need it. Uh, tell tell our listeners about about yourself and what you're doing these days. Sure. Well, I'm an entertainment attorney, so uh, transactional attorney, which means that I, I don't do any litigation. I don't go to court or arbitration, but I do work on contracts and deals and help clients strategize how to get things done in the best way to get things done, what the different options are. So these days, I mean, very unsurprisingly, I've been dealing with a lot of contract cancellation situations for my clients, a lot of events being canceled, unfortunately, in theater and in other in other areas as well. And so clients wondering, how do we get out of this contract? How do we cancel our event without having to pay any money to the venue or to the, to the, to the other party? Or how do we get our initial deposit back? So... I've been working on quite a few of those matters uh, with the force majeure clauses, force majeure clauses being, for example, acts of God, like the hurricane or tornado, terrorism, uh, government regulation, pandemic, epidemic. It all really depends on what the clause says because all these clauses differ from contract to contract. So, uh, but so far, I've uh, knocked on wood. I've been having some great success with that. Good, good, so, very uh, good. So I've been primarily, yeah, primarily working on that. Uh, although, I mean, there are some theater projects that are still moving forward, just obviously not necessarily for this particular time period. So another deal that I'm working on has to do with the Old Globe Theater and, and planning things out for, for next year. So mm-hmm. there is some movement, but there's no question that it's been a, a downtick in, uh, in, in workflow right now. But, um, but that's fine right now. I'm just focused on people's health, both physical and emotional and mental, and if I can do the health, I'm, I'm happy to help. Uh, mental health, yes. That, that's going to be our next disease, I think, uh, thanks to this. Uh, yes, I, hope, I hope not to be the poster child too quickly on that. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, if, which do you, if, if someone has a contract, is it wiser to say, okay, I, I need to cancel a contract, or is, is it wiser to say, let's postpone, can I have a date in October and we'll move payments or something like that? Is it better to say, let's stop here, or let's move it forward? 
Well, that's a great question. I mean, it really depends on the situation. I mean, in this in this day and age right now, it's just uh, a lot of people just sort of work together and realize that everybody is suffering. All parties are, are, are having economic setbacks and furloughs and layoffs. So if it's an event that, that my client thinks can be moved to a later date, uh, and of course, <laughs> the final later date, right? When do we really yeah. know if we're out right. of the woods, particularly with, with all the news, hopefully not the fake news, that, that this virus is going to be coming back uh, in the fall. Right. Hopefully we'll all have a lot of anti- antibodies by then. So it, it really depends. I mean, for, for some organizations, I, I represent a, a, a very large not-for-profit organization. I actually picked up the client just a week ago. And unfortunately for them, a lot of their patrons and their board members are, are from the older set. And so, obviously, they're they're at much more risk uh, at, at getting COVID. So it's not it's really a question of what when can you postpone it to when is this going to be over? With hmm. so many different uh, theories on that, uh, yeah. in the shifting landscape, in certain situations, they just prefer just to try to cancel the contract altogether, regroup, see where they are in in six months or or longer, and then and then start replanning again. And I have to say, I mean, so far the the other the other sides in these deals, these different venues, hotels have been have been pretty reasonable, even when they didn't necessarily have to be, because force majeure clauses differ so so much from contract to contract. And some contracts don't even have force majeure clauses. And again, a force majeure clause being something that happens that's beyond the control of either party that allows both parties or one party to to terminate the agreement. And so, uh, and I, I've been very impressed so far with uh, with the with the, with the hotels and the other venues as being very reasonable, even if there's a contract that doesn't have a force majeure clause in there, or if there's one where, where the force majeure clause is very one sided, usually to the benefit, of course, of, to, of the venue. Of course. Uh, and then, of course, there's other clauses with one in particular deal where it was sort of right on point, where it talked about pandemic and it talked about government regulations. And so, it, it, so to go back to your question as to what can you do if you can postpone it? Great, because of course that preserves a lot of goodwill. It's not just a question of what you can do contractually and what you can do legally, but also what is the impact on uh, on your reputation and what's the, what, what are the ramifications, public relations uh, um, wise, of getting out of a contract. So there are a lot of different considerations that go into whether or not to cancel the event or to postpone the event. How much money is on the line? How much money will you lose? Can you actually get? You actually get the money credited uh, to uh, to a future date. You can the parties work together. So I think the first the first line of attack is just analyzing the contract. What does the contract say? What does the force majeure clause, if any, say? And not only that, but what does the rest of the agreement say? Because there could be other provisions that are triggered by canceling the contract. You don't want to just cancel a contract willy nilly if there's going to be some sort of penalty amount that you have to pay. Or right. Called liquidated dam- liquidated liquidated damages that get paid. So what does the entire contract say? And then if there, are, if there is no provision for force majeure, there's also some common law principles that, that one can rely on, such as impossibility of fulfilling the contract or frustration of purpose. If one party is not getting the benefit of the bargain, that the whole purpose for their doing for their entry into the contract is wiped out, should they really be forced to, to, to do the contract and to lose a lot of money? And of course, underlining the word impossibility as opposed to inconvenience. I mean, there's certainly right. a lot of arguments being made that for certain venues, the venue's open, it's uh, it's accessible, maybe not so much now. So whether or not you can bring the audiences in is a whole other question. So technically a contract could, someone could argue that you can access the, uh, the facility, but it just doesn't do you any good. 
unless, of course, it's just illegal to do so. So, so, so uh, that's it's, a, it's, it's funny you say that. Train. It's funny you say that about illegal because I, I was just speaking to someone yesterday whose production was supposed to happen and they could still do it, but the government said, and this is in another state, and the government said, no, you, you, you can't gather, so please cancel it, and they were told to cancel. So in such a situation, that impossibility is, 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 is the thing to, to cite then, I guess. Yeah, an impossibility or a slash illegality in, in that situation there. And, of course, the another aspect of looking at a contract is which state law applies because mm-hmm. the, the laws can differ. And it's interesting. I tried to do a little bit of preliminary research into just case law in general. And uh, there, is, there does not seem to be that much really at all uh, in, in New York law from what I've read regarding pandemics and epidemics. And, of course, that's sort of understandable. Mm-hmm. So uh, that pandemic we had with the, flu, uh, with the special flu back in the early 1900s. Uh, the Spanish flu, yes, yes. The Spanish flu, yes, I'm sorry, it's the Spanish flu, of course. Uh, so yeah, it's a, there hasn't been that much people out there. And what's really interesting is how things were going to be moving forward on this, because now we're all painfully aware of the pandemic, and so the pandemic is something that is foreseeable, because part of the force majeure clause is, was the event foreseeable or not by the parties before they entered or when they entered into the contract. So that's another aspect uh, to consider. Uh, but And then on top of that, when there is a force majeure clause, or even when there isn't a force majeure clause, an impossibility or frustration of purpose under common law, courts really construe these provisions very narrowly. They want the parties to fulfill their obligations in the contract. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, when, you get a, when you get a contract that has a catch-all, Provision that says, and anything else that's beyond the beyond the uh, abilities or the control, I should say, of the parties, courts will still sort of read that to be in the context of whatever particular triggers were listed before that catch-all. So they still try to limit the the, the broadness or the breadth, if you will, if you will, of of those provisions. So, and it, and it's you know these these force majeure clauses are often get thrown into a contract, and they're not really thought about. It's sort of part of the the legal boilerplate of the right, contract, but right? Now the world has changed. Now people are going to be really focusing on these clauses and trying to come up with much more specific, perhaps more detailed clauses, and maybe even addressing the fact that even if something is foreseeable, like a pandemic, here's what the parties can do under the contract, either to terminate the, terminate the event or postpone the event or just terminate the contract altogether. So it's going to be under, under quite, a, quite a big magnifying glass. That's an interesting thing. I gather now our brains are, are in a new kind of muscle memory, so when... When we're signing contracts, we're going to look down and say, okay, wait a minute, if I can't do it, because I, I have seen, I can't even tell you, and this is going to be my next question to you, I've seen so many contracts that don't talk about that. The, the best they do, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a, a perfunctory line somewhere that says, you must pay blah, blah, blah if your event is canceled. So it's, it's yeah. something that simple. I gather our brains are going to, uh, uh, to, be, to be a different muscle memory over this. Yeah, uh, I hope so because it'll be very important to plan for it. Oh, for sure. Um, now, what if it's not in there? A lot of a lot of the people I'm dealing with is is indie theaters and it's smaller venues, and in some cases the contract is anything from a handshake to to a one pager that just says, "Pay me this money, go do your show." Uh, uh, what happens in those situations when there's no when there's no clause like that? What uh, what do we do? Well, I mean, it's certainly tr- trickier not to have a clause to depend on there and, and then perhaps having to go, having to rely on common law. But even taking a step taking a step back, those aren't the only barriers necessarily to 
to trying to get out of, out of a contract or any, or perhaps I should say avenues to get out of the contract because sometimes the money that's involved, it's just not worth it. It's not worth litigating. It's not worth arbitrating because you're going to spend more money in litigation fees and arbitration fees than you would in trying to, right. you know, just in terms of letting somebody out of a contract. And that's sort of one of the things I encountered on one of the matters I was dealing with for this not-for-profit client is that the hotel did its analysis and it just came to the conclusion that there's, there's no economic sense in trying to fight it and better just to, from a PR angle and just from a decent human being angle, to just give the money back or to get rid of uh, any sort of liquidated damages or penalty amounts that need to be paid and just waiving them. So really, to answer your question, the parties have to try to work together. They have to understand just the, the, the landscape of the reality, not just what's in the, what's in the legal contract. They really try to work together to come to some sort of um, some sort of agreement that maybe is less painful for both parties. I mean, even in one of these matters I worked on, uh, the, the other part of the hotel uh, actually, much to my surprise, they were pretty pretty soft on saying yes, no. We agree. We don't know if we're going to be reopened on this date. It's certainly a possibility, but we recognize it's it's probably it's very very improbable. And so, actually, this wasn't a hotel. This is another venue, an aquarium, actually, mm-hmm. where they said, "So yeah, we'll, we'll return your deposit. Do you think that you could perhaps just be part of it with us? Because that venue is also not for profit. They need the money too. They too are, are furloughing employees. And in that situation, my client." Was willing to split to split the, the deposit with them, let them keep part of it. In the end, for whatever reason, the the other not for profit decided to return all the money completely. So uh, it was really kind of a big win, and also my client tried to do the, tried to do the right thing. So they won some karma points, and they and they kept that relationship positive because these are parties that might be doing business in the future when when the pandemic smoke clears. Indeed, not wood, but it does soon. It will. Well, uh, soon so, no so, soon as. Suit is not a legal term. Uh, so, so you advise. So you you advise like some form of, of negotiation because uh, uh, a million years ago, when I was working as an actor, uh, my my equity card had a long line of of asterisks across it, and and when I asked about that, they said that's because you're a producer, so you're the other side also, uh, uh, which which I found funny in a in a macabre way, but. Uh, so you advise negotiation because the other side loses also. The, um, how legal would it be? Like like a theater might say, okay, well, we turned down other bookings uh, at that point when yeah. there were. We made sure you had your lighting. We made we told our, our technical director and put him on salary for that. So you advise it's, it's good to turn and say, look, I can't do my show. How much money can we take off or how much money can I give back or something like that? Then a negotiation would be uh, proper? Well, I mean, possibly. I mean, it, not to try to evade your question, but it really is situation specific. Yeah. And it depends on the party, it depends on the type of event, it depends on if one party is taking a hard line or not. Uh, and it's always going to go back to what the contract says, what all the contract says. And the same, the same preliminary questions can the event be postponed? Can, must it be canceled? Um, right. But I think, I guess sort of in general, my negotiation style is just you get a lot more with sugar than you do with vinegar. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I don't see, I don't see reason for things to necessarily have to be so adversarial. I prefer to establish connection with the other side and, and remind them that we're, we're both human beings, our clients are human beings, even if they're corporations, those corporations are made up of human beings. Right. And so it's, it's better to try to, to try to work things out amicably. Because nobody really wants to go to litigation. Well, I guess some people do. That's how they 
this other stuff. People on their tracks with the threat of litigation, but they have the, the mm. pocket to do it or the reputation of always doing it. Right. Things will remain, will remain silent and anonymous. But, um, yeah, but there's certainly a possibility you might want to, want to negotiate. Uh, and even if you've got a slam dunk case against the other party, it's, uh, it's good to try to, I always think it's good to try to do things in a very friendly manner because it's also about relationships. Yeah. And you might, you might encounter these people in the future and you don't want there to be bad blood between the parties. But I, I think that during the pandemic like we have now, if, if things are ambiguous in the contract or even if things are one-sided to the other, to the other side, or even, even in your favor, then I think it's good just to have a, a conversation, uh, a dialogue about it. I, I think you should consult your attorneys because there's certain things you wouldn't want to necessarily admit during a phone call or in a meeting. Sure. So you have to sort of keep your, keep your potential litigation or arbitration hat on. And, uh, and you, you want to be careful with your statements because you don't want to imply anything that says that you could do the event. This is that you would just lose a lot of money from it because then we're not talking about impossibility. Right, right. I, I have a, a, a lot of clients who, who their show is canceled in midstream. Uh, I, I had one who had uh, one yeah. weekend left. I had one who it was canceled on the day of a show. So it, it became, uh, it became, they were on the way to the theater and they had to turn around. So I, I think yeah, about them because they've already paid their money. They've already paid up right. until closing night. What, what recourse do they have? Do they get a partial refund? Uh, but the theater also has the same thing. They could say, well, we booked it till that point. We hired, we, we prepared, we rented, etc." So, so I guess you're right. Negotiation is the best bet because because <clears throat> both sides could could claim hardship. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. Uh, yeah, that's, that's such a situation, a difficult situation to be in, and that's why dialogue is is particularly important because uh, again, there are a lot of different factors. There's doing the right thing. There's there's maintaining your your image, your uh, your reputation, um, and people just, you just have to sometimes roll up your sleeves and just try to find a way to work together and, and try to figure out what you can give uh, for the money that you've already been paid and with the money that you're, that you're already out and just try to figure out figure out something that can partially work at least for for both parties. But yeah, that's just this is very, this is a very difficult situation and that's why it's so important, the contract negotiation, because really it's a question of how do you allocate the risk between the parties. Sure. And it's Contracts are as much about risk management as they are about about anything else, and so it's really important to, to pay attention to those things and uh, and uh, and and sometimes, unfortunately, as a necessary evil to to involve attorneys sooner rather than later because it's, it's very difficult because obviously different clients have different budgets and some are, are, are very small, they're startups or they they're really counting every single penny, so they don't have a whole lot of money to spend. Uh, and so I always try to find a way to, to work with those clients out, and I love working with those clients and helping them helping them build their companies. But, but the point being that um, that it's it's the whole, the old adage penny wise and pound foolish. Because I've often been been approached by, by potential clients or by clients who wanted to try to do things on their own, and it costs more money to try to get out of the situation than it would have been to just have the lawyer help you get into the right. correct situation to begin with, and that just it just happens. Way too often, or, or quite often, uh, I have a lot of clients who are who are really good friends, and and know each other for a long time, and they don't think they need to put anything in writing. They think they're all on the same page, and I always tell potential clients or, or a group of individuals like that that the best way to preserve that friendship, the best way to preserve that family relationship, is to put it in writing, so that everyone everyone knows that they're on the same page, what sure. their expectations are, so there aren't any fights down the road. Particularly, unfortunately, when money and to enter the picture, people can change their minds. 
and uh, people can, I don't want to say necessarily become greedy, but they're certainly become more money conscious, and that can make things much harder to come to, agree, to an agreement later in the process than it would have been to come to an agreement earlier in the process. And that's a sort of more, more of a general statement that I'm making. But um, you're, you're yeah, using... It's, uh, it's, I'm sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, please, please. Oh, no, 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 please. No, I, I finished my thought. Oh. I was checking up with more, but I... I <laughs> You're, you're coming up with brilliance, and, and I could see people taking notes even as we're speaking. You're, you're using these, these very important legal terms like reputation and karma. Uh, so, so, so I, I, from, from what I'm gathering, and I'm thrilled to hear this, that uh, a good thing we need to do, and everyone's talking about how suddenly we're in real time. We're in real time. But it's very important from a legal standpoint, from a professional standpoint, to say, okay, great, but when the doors open, who am I going to be? So whether you're the theater or, right. or the play, uh, you don't want the door to open and everyone says, well, this is the one who did this, and it, it's negative. So it's it's really important to say, okay, it, 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 like you say, penny wise, pound foolish, which is another fine legal term, uh, uh, yeah. that basically we really need to say, okay, what can we afford to lose? Uh, is, is this is this a, an olive branch? Is this a show of good faith? Is this a good reputational move to, to go further? And that could be... Uh, that could definitely be the theaters or the productions themselves. Yeah, I think, I think you put it very nicely there. Now, granted, that can only go so far because there are only so many theaters. Uh, yeah. And there's so much competition. Again, the certain, the certain theaters show, the theaters, I wouldn't say a monopoly, but it's, uh, uh, they've sort of, they've got the market kind of yeah. cornered there. But, but yeah, but still, it, it's, um, it's important to treat people right. Uh, yes, you've got contracts and yes, there are obligations and, and, and you've got certain rights, but, it's also important just to just to remember that it's still a business. It's still about relationships, relationships, relationships. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to be careful. <clears throat> and and, you know, and this is here's another legal term. Energetically, <laughs> it's just good to try to work with people. Uh, it's just it's just it's just good because that'll that'll just I think just bring more work your way. It'll bring more opportunities your way because obviously word of mouth gets out, and uh, and if you've treated someone fairly, then. Um, and people should should hear about that. At the same time, you got to be careful about not opening the floodgates. Sure. We're just uh, taking this into a totally different context: uh, intellectual property, uh, trademarks, copyrights. When I once upon a time, when I was working in house at Radio City Entertainment, Madison Square Garden, they were very very protective of their intellectual property. Oh, and sure. the point being that if you if you if you let one third party use it without permission, then it's hard. Then of course, it better roads your intellectual property rights. So. Sometimes you have to really police your rights and be much more of a stickler about it. Well, it's brand image then in that case. Uh, yes. Where, where their logos are and where, where everything else is is, is, is is their reputation. So, yes, of course, I, w- I would think they'd be very, uh, uh, they'd be very protective of it. Uh, I, now, I, I've spoken to an accountant, and he, he at one point told me uh, that the worst thing we could do now is, is, is sell off our stuff because someone's going to swoop in and possibly buy it for a lower price. I've spoken to many medical personnel who, who said the worst thing we could do now is say we're, we're invincible and go out to a party. Um, but I'm speaking yeah. to a legal professional now. What's, what the worst thing you can do today is, is there, is there such an answer for this? From your end. The worst thing that you can do today is, okay, from a legal standpoint, um, I, I would say hide your head in the sand. In other words, there, there are conflicts, there, there are problems to be, to be worked out. Um, attack, attack those problems. Attack those problems, form think tanks, uh, 
get advice from from you're trying to get advice from your other business uh, advisors and 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 attack these legal problems head on and with the with the right sort of attitude of trying to find a solution. Um, again, sort of sort of working together when you can with the other party because we really all are in this together. And so it, it, it requires a tremendous amount of cooperation. So, but the, and the worst, I guess the other worst thing you could do, and I know you only told me one, but I'm going to give you two for Give me as many as you got. <laughs> don't panic. Just don't panic. If we're, if we're in such uncertain times right now, take a deep breath, think about things logically one step at a time. Um, and uh, I mean, my mother always told me, uh, how do you eat an elephant, Jay? <laughs> one bite at a time. Yeah. One bite at a time. So just Did she say it in Yiddish? I remember that being said to me in Yiddish. <laughs> but that's beside I think she first said it to me in, in Portuguese, because she's oh. a, Bra- a Brazilian Jew. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Yiddish is not, Yiddish is not her forte. But, uh, but uh, it's pretty childhood in Yiddish. I'd love to hear that. I, I don't know it in Yiddish. I'm being funny. Uh, but Ah, but a tease. But a tease. That's, yeah. that's what we call in the industry folks a tease. Ah. Um, yeah. I just yeah, learned a new so, legal yeah. term. Good. <laughs> Jeez, yes, I'm just throwing them out right and left willy nilly. So nobody's just making up words. So please don't double check me. Yeah. So yeah, just just um, just take a take a big deep breath and and work together just to figure things out. And in the future, when you're entering the contracts, contracts are important. Language matters. Facts matter. Truth matters. Science matters. It all it all matters. So. Um, we just all got to get on the same page and just be be careful. Uh, there are you know, a lot of attorneys out there who are really good, who can really be very helpful. And I know that a lot of us are, are trying to bend over backwards to try to make things work for a client who is suffering right now and to be very understanding, to give to give grace where we can, and to be flexible in, in, in what we charge. And, and we're trying to do this we can because we want to, we want to help people through. I certainly want to. That's why I, I am offering free consultations to anybody who has a, a legal issue, preferably in the entertainment arena, because if it's all about how do you, uh, how do you, uh, how do you do maritime law and, and, and salvage that wreck? I'm not going to be able to help you with that. So I primarily focus on the life, the actual industry with uh, a little bit of film and some music, tiny bit of television, intellectual property, sure. I'm happy to offer free consultations, and so if anyone wants to go to my website, which is solvedshawnlaw.com, I don't want to spell that, but they can always contact me through there, and I'm very happy, very happy to set up a virtual meeting or a phone call and uh, and brainstorm and work together to figure out how to how to make things better for everyone. Please send me a link or an ad or uh, something like that. I I must circulate this to everyone. Uh, uh, no, it would be it would be, be my pleasure <coughs> to do that. It'd be my pleasure to do that, and I'm, and and. Uh, yeah, any way I can help. I mean, I, I love talking with you about this, Jay. We, we bring a lot of uh, reassurance and good cheer and good humor to all this. And, Indeed. Uh, and so that's, that's really helpful because right now I'm bunkered down here with my girlfriend in our 300-square-foot palatial apartment. There's been no no bloodshed yet, but she's, of course, always about the long game and really poisons more her more her style. So I'm <laughs> counting my days before we just go crazy. But, no, but so far, so good. It's all a question of, of, of just working together. My, my cats are really starting to annoy me, so I, I, I completely understand not being able to leave the building. Uh, uh, Lee, I, 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 here's, here's, here's some legal terms uh, for you. I've always considered you a really nice guy, and, and after listening to you now, uh, I have to change that to you are actually a wonderful man. Uh, you, you are offering a service now that, that 
can alleviate so much pressure from people. You're offering it free. Uh, you're you're opening your heart and your business at a time when when most people are shuttering their doors. So so I think it is absolutely marvelous, and I I would be honored to just spread your name wherever it can be. So please send me anything. Tag me on Facebook. The whole works. Whatever you're doing, send me everything because I I think what you're doing is is really a godsend, and and I thank you so much for it. Well, you, you as well. I mean, you're, you're fighting a good fight as well, and I, and I appreciate that. You know, P.T. Barnum said you can fool some of the people some of the time. No, but I, I really I really appreciate that. Um, we all got to do the best we can, and, and it's, it's such a pleasure to talk with you. I'm, I'm being very happy and lucky to come back on anytime you want to talk about any particular legal matter, something more specific. But, um, but you're doing the Lord's work, Jay, so I really appreciate that as well, and I will definitely send you a link with the information. Thank and you. Just, and, you know, anyone out there listening, just please let me know how I can help. I'm sure to help. Terrific. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll talk All right, Jay. All the best to you, Thank to your you. listeners, everyone. Keep Stay calm, well. Keep safe, keep smart, and try to have some fun along the way. Okay, everybody. Thank All you, right. Jay. Ciao. All right, bye. bye.